I need a drink. Go get you a drink, Brittany. <laughs> we have a special guest on, and her name is Catherine Good Game. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Kat. <laughs> Hello. Hi, guys. Welcome on the show. Welcome on the show. So, a little background. Me and Catherine have known each other since we've been 13. Like eighth grade. Yeah, Yeah, like eighth grade. So like 13. Um, And this is like literally my lifelong friend. And we're like, who else better than Catherine Goodgame to come on Chance of the Podcast? So welcome on the show, Catherine. We're excited to have you on. Thank you so much. I've been waiting to get on the show (laughs) since it first came out. So I am very, very excited. (laughs) I feel like we should give a little context. So for those who tuned into our episode about our girls trip, Catherine was our friend on the trip with us. And so we had a grand old time. We actually recorded this episode there, but there was like too much of us like giggling and noise in the background. So we were like, all right, let's record <laughs> yes but Catherine's career is very different from us so we wanted her to provide some insight so Kat can you tell us first of all you went to Spelman you went to an HBCU Nile and I went to LSU can you tell us about that experience so I originally actually didn't want to go to Spelman um you know coming from like where'd Woodward, you want to go I wanted to go play volleyball and like Spelman doesn't have any sports oh yeah so it just didn't make sense to like go to a school that literally has no sports. And I've been playing volleyball basically like my whole life. Um, so I was like applying to all these big schools in California, but like I'm basically like five foot one. So there was nobody that was looking for like a five foot one college volleyball player <laughs> at this point. So then I was like, okay, well, I applied to Spelman and I, I had a chance to just like go there and like really experience they have this thing called a day in the life. And um, I think it was just kind of like, I felt like this is where I needed to be. Um, And I was, I had the opportunity to be with like black girls that we were all kind of competing for to be the best of the best. It wasn't you competing against like the white girl sitting next to you. It's now I'm like, okay, I've got this black girl. And not only does she look like me, but she also knows how to do what I do. She also knows how, to do more than I can do. And what, so what else can I bring to the table? So it pushes Mm -hmm. you harder and, and and we're all doing the same thing at the same time. And it's kind of like you, when you get to talk to people and when you get to meet these women, like you realize that we all came from like similar backgrounds. We were all the top of the top in these primarily white and like high schools. So when you come to Spelman, you're like, okay, now this is weird. This is, that was my first time being, at just an all girls like with more than five or six black girls around me, you know? Yeah. No, that's interesting. So I went to an all girl high school, but like mine was quite diverse. So it was like a lot of white girls, Hispanic, Asians, etc. But not in a predominantly black institution. So I can only imagine what that's like in college and everybody you're like, basically, you said people were challenging you to be better. And I think that's amazing kind of yeah, opens up doors for you too, I can imagine. It definitely does. And it's not I I didn't really know how to like take in all the traditions and those things that, you know, when you first get in as a freshman, we have a thing called the wake up call 
where at 6 a.m. or 5 a.m. in the morning, they'll wake all the freshmen up and you have to sing the hymn all the way to the chapel. And you don't, you don't, at that point, you're like half sleep. Like you're like, what is going on? You're in your pajamas and you have all these girls and you're, you're like learning, singing the hymn. And by the time you get to senior year, like the hymn is just, you know, you know it by heart at this point, you have sung it so many times. It is like ingrained in your head, but it's like the little traditions like that, that don't, you can't find anywhere else, which makes, I think, Spelman really special and like just Mm -hmm. unique in what they design, what they design um, their traditions to be. No, I love that. Definitely. We definitely didn't have anything like that at LSU right now. Yeah, no. What was, (laughs) what's interesting though, is like, I think, Everyone these days, well, I think this has always been a topic of discussion. I don't think it's something that's just like new, but I just think it's amplified now because of like social media. But just like this whole like PWI, like HBCU like debate, you know what I'm saying? And like, I remember when I was in school, like I had friends that went to HBCUs and then like my brother went to HBCU. So like, I never had like those crazy opinions that the other people that like went to PWIs like had about HBCUs like so like it was good to get like Catherine's insight like while she was going through it you know what I'm saying like as a peer to like understand like kind of the like differences and like the differences in school so I always thought it was just like a unique experience yeah for sure so Kat can you tell us like what the talent talent search is like and how that opened doors for you for like internships that eventually led to your career and like what'd you major in honey bun yeah (laughs) so I majored in math with a computer science minor um I initially like wanted to which I still do I want to work in tech and um you're gonna work in tech you better yeah I'm gonna work I want to work at Microsoft I am going to do that um so that's just like what I want to do. But I actually, through Spellman and all of the opportunities we talk about, what happens is you have these really big um, firms that want to get diversity, right? It's all about coming to Spellman and Morehouse and Clark to find diversity, check off a box, whatever, whatever. In this case, um, I had the opportunity to actually go and do a summit at Goldman Sachs. And it was a part of the HBCU summit. There were, I don't even know, like a plethora of schools that were there. But I, that was the first time I'd actually been into Goldman Sachs. That was the first time I'd been in an institutional, like, I mean, a, a financial institution. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is, you know, I'm trying to feel out the culture. I'm trying to figure out, like, do I really want to be here? Is this something that I can groove my way or, like, figure it out? Um, and it was kind of like, where is where does this go in my, like, path right like I'm over here trying to go in tech and why am I at a bank like this it didn't make any sense so I'm like Mm -hmm. still trying to make sense of it as of right now but I think um so I eventually ended that internship and I got the internship and then I started full-time at Goldman so um I, I think it's really like during my interview process I was just making sure I over expressed to them that like finance is not my forte. Like I'm not the finance guru you would run to, but I brought, I can bring other things to the table. Like I'm very technical. I'm very, I'm very, um, when I see small things that need to be fixed, like I can, I can see those types of things. And when you bring everything else that you encompass to the table, 
the finance part and like what you'll be doing on a day to day, you can, you can pick that up. So it's not about what you went to school for, what you majored in. I think it's just like, what does Catherine know? What is she capable of adding to our team? Is it just solely her personality? Like that could be something where you can get the job, you know? So I I think there really wasn't like a, can you check off this box at some point? It, It was more like a, what, what do you bring to the table that the girl sitting next to you doesn't have? Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. the type of competition that you had to like make sure you were ready to face daily. Yeah. So like you talk about like kind of the crazy interview process. And like, I think when you're in college, you feel like it's just like end all be all, you know what I'm saying? It's like, if I don't get this internship or if I don't get this job or I don't get called back for a second interview, it's like, end of the world at least that's how it felt for me and I'm sure other people experience that as well so like can you talk about like how you kind of prep for some of these sort of like really intense interviews because like it's known that like the finance world has a very different interview process than other industries yeah to start like there really isn't anything you can do to get ready to go into any role like like okay if here's the thing I interviewed for Google right for Google I had to know how to code, right? That's something you're going to have to know how to do. So don't go into a Google inter like interview and Uh just be like, Oh, well, I didn't know that. You probably won't even get that far if you don't know how to code. Right. Exactly. So, so you get like, and and they'll have a technical part of the interview that you'll have to do. Mm -hmm. In this Mm -hmm. case, in this case, like for Goldman, because I was going into an operations role, which isn't the trading on the desk, like the client facing side, Um, it's more, it was more of the back end, like what happens to the money after it's inside the firm. That is something where they're going to have to teach you everything that, you know, they need you to do. It's nothing that you could have gone to school for and just um, known. Right. And, and this is what I'm good at. I know how to use this program because you don't know the program until you get there. You know, that's So, so crazy. You brought that up because I feel like that's literally like, like that's a scam like you know what i'm saying all of these jobs that you get out of college you like they teach you how to do it once you're there like you know what i'm saying like obviously you need to go to college but none like nothing you like really like you can't say okay i remember learning this exactly in my math class when i was a junior like it's not like exactly no yeah but you know what's crazy is that like the guy that sits next to me that i mean well when we were when we were in the office Mm -hmm. he is an hospitality he's a hospitality major or something like that. Really? So he literally, yes, he literally worked at a bar. He, he went and like majored in hospitality at like a hotel or something. So he had he a chill hotel. college career. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, what? But he is like killing it, like killing the game. And I'm like, and he just got promoted. So it, hmm. it's all about like how you take this and like the learning curve is steep, but you really just have to like, buckle in and say okay this is what I want I want to be here and figure out do, put in the extra hours work till 12 and be ready for the next day work That's till 12 okay well don't but <laughs> you know, you do we're do. all about work-life balance over here the podcast. okay <laughs> I haven't gotten there yet <laughs> yeah let's not scare the folks <laughs> <laughs> no, I, so this guy. Okay, I'm so intrigued. He probably had connections. Ooh, the guy that works with me. Yeah, yeah. Like, what is he? How did he just stumble into Goldman on like okay, operation? Okay, this board? is what I was talking about. This is what I'm saying. Like, when they say, when I said, like, it could be solely your personality. He is one of the like most charming people I know. Like, mm-hmm. he is friends with 
every single person on the floor. Everybody knows his name. They think he is solely the team by himself. Like they don't even know I'm on the team. And <laughs> it's, all right. It's, <laughs> no, no, no. But like he is that type of person. And I feel like whatever he did to say, like in his interview two years ago, he charmed them. And he said, like, I'm a hard worker. I know this. I know this. And I know this. And I'm I'm willing to learn. Right. That's all you have to be willing to do. Is he single? <laughs> OK, girl, girl, the way you hyping him up. I mean, <laughs> OK, I'll get you the contact info. Right. No, but I love that because it's basically like whatever you are good at, you better sell it. Yeah. No, really. Yeah. It's hard out here. It is hard out here. It is. So, Kat, you were living in New York before the pandemic, right? Yes. 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 I was. And you're currently in Atlanta. Yes. What a sad (laughs) life. (laughs) I just. I literally about that. Um, the fact that I'm paying rent for an apartment oh, yeah. I literally spent less than two months in. So, I forgot about that. And right. so you're so you're locked in, like you can't even get out, right? Until the time's over. Your rent, your lease. Oh yeah, like I mean, I'm I'm locked in, as in we just resigned. So mm-hmm. there's that. <laughs> that. When are you gonna go back to New York, Kat? Um, well, maybe March. <laughs> that'll be good yeah that's what i'm saying like you gotta i think you have to set a deadline like this is what i'm I gonna really do, do or else you'll wake up and it'll be june no i i know and i think that that's kind of what happened while i was here i kind of was just like i have to go like i have to pick a date and like go because yeah i can't say i'm starting my life and be back in the same spot that i've always you know what i'm saying like i haven't yeah. really started if i'm right. not out of the nest right while paying rent even right. importantly yeah what yeah. So we we want to talk a little bit about like your dating life and like what you've learned <laughs> and what you've learned like in the past because you know people love our dating content and we they really just, do. We really just want to like let's talk about it. Let's lay it on the table. I think it's like being in your 20s, like, I think everyone's going kind of through similar things just at different times. And so we want to shed some light on, you know, what you've learned in your dating life so far. You don't got to go into details about it, but just like overall, <laughs> like frustrations, like this is just the dating snippet. So whatever you want to talk about when it comes to dating, let us know. Dating snippet for me is you can't change anybody. <laughs> I don't know, like, I know it's very cliche, but I think when we get into these relationships and, you know, it's either one person saying, oh, I'm not ready or, oh, you know, maybe it's the timing is off, whatever the excuse is. And you just think, oh, maybe they'll change, like give them enough time and they'll feel differently. Like, however they are telling you they feel is you just have to take it at face value. And I think that's really hard to do when you're in the moment. Um, but it, it takes a lot of strength to just be like, to respect that. And then just, you know, focus on what it, what is it that you actually want? Like, you don't want to be chasing somebody for the rest of your life to be what mm-hmm. you want them to be. Yeah. Um, so like when you get to that point in life, it's, it's just, it makes things a little bit easier for you to mm-hmm. accept that and, you know, focus on what really matters. 
Yeah, for sure. We have a lot of girlfriends who like struggle with that. Like there's not a single girlfriend I have, including myself, who's not like been in that period of time where we were like trying to, you know, build onto something and it wouldn't move um, because of the other person. So I completely agree with you. Setting yeah. boundaries. We always talk about boundaries. Like how? Like what? So those these men, these men will I run right over you. That. You don't set no boundaries. I know, and that, that's the thing. It's like I'm the type of person to be like. I feel like there's when I find somebody, I'm just so scared to like lose them. You know what I'm saying? So like, what I mean, I know I need to have boundaries, but then like, what are they? Like, right. And so I think you come to grips with what your boundaries are just based on like, you know, this might be a little deep, but. Um, I was reading like, you know, you really like, I think people really need to come to terms with like what love looks like for them and how they would really like to be loved and then backtrack from that. Then you can set boundaries for yourself. You know what I'm saying? So if I'm really big on like kindness and like being compassionate and those are the ones like that's some of the ways that like that's my definition of love or some of the ways I like to be loved. Like as soon as maybe someone talks to me disrespectfully, like that's just a boundary Like I will have to like speak up for myself, let them know, or like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so you kind of have to yeah. backtrack on like how you want to be loved. And like, I know we were talking about this to my birthday, but like really like your love language and like really like digging deep into that to like set boundaries for yourself. So like, I've, yeah, you're no, single. No, I'm, I'm single. So no, I was about to say, <laughs> no, no, I was about to say you're single. So like, what are you looking for? I guess in a partner now? Like, how has that changed for you? I mean, I think, I, I know I can confidently say, like, what I'm looking for in a partner today is probably very different than what I was looking for, like, two years ago. So, like, what are you looking for in a partner? I don't think I've gotten there yet. I don't think I have. You, you know, know some. You know some. Oh, I mean, I do. But at the same time, I mean, when I mean I don't know what I want, like, I mean, I can write them down and give you a list of things that I want and things that I've taken up to God's office and said please sir but I but then there's also just like me the other side of me like the part that's like okay well am I asking for too much which I have to like mentally like keep telling myself that I'm not because I deserve you know what I'm saying so I just have to like I don't know it's just like a practice like I can write down what I want all the time then I look at the list and I'm like was I really even like should I be asking for this like and I just need to get out of that little I don't know. Now you're you're looking like at me like I I should. I'm <laughs> yeah, like no because I'm looking at you like that because I just I just feel like you have to one come to grips with like you're deserving of Everything. whatever love you think you deserve. Like everyone's deserving of a good love. So like when you say stuff like that, that makes me feel like oh you might not like you know what I'm saying that like some of them things on your list you feel like you don't deserve and you do deserve those things. Like you know what I'm saying. Like a lot of the maybe uncertainty on your list is because you feel like you don't deserve them, but everyone's deserving of a good love. That's all I'm saying. Okay. So what happens if you have things on your list that you can, you find like 10 of the 11 things and then he don't have the 11th thing. What are you going to do? I mean, I don't know. It depends on how many it is. That's when you compromise. Like I feel like if you find a good partner and they take most of your boxes and like you can make do with the rest then I feel like you try and make it work and see 
Yeah. What if it's like the opposite? What if it's like the one thing he doesn't do is like on the top of your list? Right. So okay. that's what I'm saying. If that's a major thing, then it probably won't work. Yeah. Like if it's someone, if being loyal is like your number one thing and he's not loyal, <laughs> then it probably won't work. Yeah. But that takes it back to boundaries. Kind of yeah. like, you know, and I feel like another thing with that is like when you do find someone like setting expectations at the front of like what you, you're looking for and then like following through with that. And so like a lot of girls, you know, they're dating. And once you find the person like you're building and you want it to turn into a relationship, right? And like men drag their feet. And it's like, if you don't have like, it's kind of like what we were talking about with your apartment. Like if you don't set a deadline by like, boom, <laughs> that I'm, I'm not going to end up ever taking that leap, then like, you know, men want to have their cake and eat it too. Like they're going to take advantage. So I feel like yeah. That all goes hand in hand. I feel like when you don't set boundaries for yourself, you think it might be like okay in the moment, but it's, it's always going to end up in some hurt. <sighs> I feel like I just went to like therapy. Yeah. Welcome okay. to Chance It Podcast <laughs> Therapy Session. <laughs> woo, 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 woo. No. Yeah, I get... <laughs> oh, God. No, but Kat, like you, you are like one of the best people I know. So that's why I wanted to have you. Like we wanted to have you in Chance It because I just feel like we be having these talks, like girl talks, and it was time to take it to chance it, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. We talk about this all the time, so. Kind of like The Bachelor. We're always talking about Kind of like things. The Bachelor, yeah. I know. So maybe we should hold, like, a chance at, like, dating show. It's a, we're, we're at a, like, lapse of, like, single Black men. We are, but like, we know way more women than we know men, so it's just kind of, it kind of wouldn't work out, you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> good idea in theory. Oh, you're um, going to bring some contestants. Yeah, like some contestants. That's what I'm saying. Like, really, because I just feel like I just know so many great black women, and it's just hard. It's hard. But um, switching gears, I wanted to ask you about like how you know in your 20s and stuff. Like, how has friendships like evolved for you, and like how do you work through? Like, you know, I think now is like we everyone just has so much going on, you know, and it's really hard to keep up with friendships and. I know sometimes I feel like I could be a better friend to other people and like check in more and like, you know what I'm saying? So like, how do you like balance that now that you're grown? Now that I'm grown, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, okay, well, one, I feel like everybody I'm friends with knows that like texting is just not my forte. So then we got into this quarantine and then it was like, that was the only thing we could do. So then I kind of had to get better at it, you know? And it was the FaceTime, the texting, like things that I wouldn't, it's not that I don't like them. I just, I'm not very like, I'm not the person to initiate. Like I care about you and I think about you all the time, Mm -hmm. but I just wasn't, I'm not good at that. I don't know why, but like in person, I can spend all day with you. So, you know, after quarantine, we'll get that back. But I just, I think like now I've just kind of like really tried to hone in on like just checking on people when I can and just I hope they know from the bottom of my heart that like if I'm not checking on them Mm -hmm. I really do truly care about your well-being and I really hope you're okay um and just like a simple like how was your day or like stuff like that because you know I found out my love language was words of affirmation and (laughs) sometimes I just feel like you know when people check in on me and when I, when we have that like conversation, it could be like five minutes, but it just like goes a long time. Like it goes on and I just, I can still think about that conversation for like a week and I'm be okay, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
so I don't know. I mean, I just, we have to like evolve and I've kind of learned who my friends are in this little period and like who actually cares about me and who I actually think about on a day-to-day basis and really want to know if they're okay. Like, I think those things just kind of go through our head when we're sitting here, like, and we don't just get to see them on the whim. Like now it's like you making the effort says a lot about like who your friends are and Mm -hmm. how much they care um, about the friendship. Mm -hmm. I feel like being in your 20s really is all about having low maintenance friends because everybody moves all over the place and like nobody really has the time to have friends that are requiring you to hang out with them every day or fly out every weekend or et cetera. I don't fly yeah. out every week. I don't fly out. Like what? <laughs> but um, I think no. fly to Atlanta for me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, I would though, but I uh, I think too it's interesting because the transition from college to like your 20s is like such a different time. Okay, so throughout this season, we have been girl chatting about The Bachelor and. Did you guys see that recent interview with Chris Harrison um, talking to Rachel Lindsay, the first and only Black Bachelorette, uh, and like the controversy around one of the like contestants on the current season being a racist? Yeah, I saw it. Wait, who was a racist? They talked about Rachel. Rachel, the one who just bought the the red bottoms and all the dresses? Yep. Yeah, no, because they're saying, okay, basically what happened is, in the you know, since she's been on the show, a lot of stuff about her past has come up. So they've seen, like, how her parents, like, made um, financial contributions to, like, PACs and, like, groups that would fund Trump-related things or overturning the election. They seen where when she was in college that she would go to those old South parties. And I don't know if you're familiar with this, but like an old South party is like, you literally dress up like, like plantation, plantation style, like type of- you dress up like what? A plant, like it's plantation. You look like a plantation owner. Like you wearing the antebellum yeah. dresses and stuff. And it's like usually the wear that, style. yeah, like this dresses and stuff in the like- Caught, like kind of like how they would dress back in like slavery times. It's like that's why they call it the old South party. So they have photos of her at these old South parties. They have photos of her like dressing up Halloween, um, like dressing up as an Indian person, making her cultural skin darker. Yes, cultural appreciation. What else? Anyway, they like, just found a of her. That's- my thing is like, why don't they find this stuff before the show start? Like, they already know this, that it's controversy. But then also, Matt is just who he is. Who he is like, isn't he a Trump supporter or like he's not? What What is it with him? Well, they found out that he didn't vote or something crazy. Oh. His mom is a Trump supporter. Huh? Isn't his mom a Trump supporter? Please, no. Don't, no, don't let that They did find out all this stuff about him. Like, within yeah, the last they did. Week. That's what I'm saying. Like, and I don't understand how we could be, like, people are just, I mean, obviously, we didn't know who the Bachelor was going to be, like, until, like, last year. But I think, like, while they're searching for Bachelor people and, bach- like, the contestants, they need to be doing these searches because what sense does it make to have her be racist and be on the show? I don't I know. I can agree with that. that. I would love them to just cast, just, uh, just... A black person, like uh, just a like a black person that's into black women, and vice versa. <laughs> wait, 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 Brittany. I, no, did you watch? I don't know if you watched the last episode, but you know what was the no, definition I didn't watch the last of I'm done white privilege? 
huh? was the definition of white privilege was that girl Heather um who was the one that pulled up to the gate yeah Heather Heather coming to say I just I really need to see Matt can you just let me in and then I was like what well, you did during the middle of filming no obviously it was pr- production but I'm just like if one of us pulled up to the gate and was like we were on season six can we please get in there because somebody else told us it's our husband. I think they invited her. I don't think she just pulled up in for the game. No. I don't think Chris would have been that like he was like, well, I'll see what I can do. I don't really know. You think that was production? Yeah. This whole franchise has a lot of work to do and they need to go on. They need a a rebrand. Please hire me if you're if you're looking. Um, Uh, like if you need an example of what to do, refer to Love Island, perhaps, because they're great when it comes to divert, like hiring diverse cast. Um, I would even say MTV, MTV, like, are you the one the challenge? Like those shows are very diverse and there's like no excuse for the bachelor to constantly have like these microaggressions and every season is something. Yeah. Like every season. So that's my. Yeah, I'm over the bachelor, and Matt was <laughs> Adrian man before he opened his mouth, and he really don't be talking to them girls about nothing substantial. If no, I'll, I'll, like, talk about nothing, literally nothing. When he gets done talking, it's just kiss. That's kiss. he doesn't have any other like. It's as if he doesn't know how to hold a conversation. Conversation, yes. He be like yes. while they're talking, he's like looking at their lips, and I'm like, well, please. He said I mean, that he obviously you could do that. But. He said he, he like never that. had a um a real relationship before. Which he's is never alarming. been in a real relationship. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He said he's never in no relationship. He said he never been in love, which is alarming. You shouldn't even cast somebody that been through no shit like that. So now he feels like this is the time. Let me get twenty, like the fifty women to compete. Oh no, Brittany's saying would, that maybe he just truly doesn't know because he's never done it. That's what she's saying. Mm. But that's also a red flag. Like any man who says that he never had a serious relationship and he never been in love at, at that big age. Yeah. How old is he? 27 or 28? Commitment issues. Commitment issues. Anyways, this brings me back to when I said when after the first episode, when I was like, that's my dream man. I say, y'all, she always says to my her dream man. So she finds out the T and guess what? I was right. Bro, who else said is my dream man? Caleb, who ended up being trash. Yeah. Honestly, maybe that's just like a sign of my dating life. Like, I just, I have the wrong judgment when it comes to men. <laughs> like, maybe that's it. Because I swear to God, well, it's just really like more of Matt just from like a physical standpoint. Like, still him and all his Trump mama and all that, he's still really cute to me. So, whatever. I just want to date him. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay anyways anyways after this girl chat i want to round it out with what we usually leave our episodes with is what we want our listeners to take a chance on so Catherine, you have the floor please enlighten our listeners on what you're encouraging them to take a chance on for the next month <laughs> okay um go on a date, go on a date. yeah <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I think people out there, listeners, you guys should take a chance on being open to 
anything and everything during this time. So if it is a man or a woman that comes into your life via like Hinge or a dating app or the grocery store, whatever, just don't make that face now. But I think you should take a chance and just go for it. Like who knows what's going to happen. And if it's a new opportunity, say your boss is like, I want you to work on this, but you have no clue how to do it. Just take it and, and go because you never know. That could be like the one thing that changes your career path or, you know. I like that. So just have a yes year. You, like that, what's yeah. that book name? Or that girl said, she said yes to everything for a year. I think it was Shonda Rhimes, the year of yes. Yes, year of yes. Thank you okay. for condensing that. But yes, yes, that's what I meant. Hmm. Okay, I love it. I love it. All right, guys. Well, thank you for tuning in. Catherine will definitely be back with us. Um, you guys need to tune into our vlog if you haven't. Kat makes a special appearance. She's Ooh. often behind the scenes of Chancet um, footage. So y'all give her a thank you and a follow. <laughs> and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We just launched it. So 